This is a Mainstam Musings original podcast. Enjoy. Hello and yet another bloody welcome to the Fan Dissection podcast. Today sees the return of Chelsea fan Raf Marioni, who walks us through his all-time Blues eleven. For those that have listened to my interview with Raf, they'll have a pretty good idea who will be in here, but it's a very entertaining listen nonetheless. Once again, just the one that the language can be a little bit blue at times. Enjoy. Well then, Raf, it is time to move on to your all-time eleven. Oh yeah! I hope you've prepared. I have indeed. I and I, I should I should preface this with I've tried to mix it. I tried well initially. I tried to have this squad mixed with players pre two thousand because we've had some greats, and also not just the basically the squad from oh four to oh ten. But it just became so difficult not to have most of that squad because because at the end of the day, you can't ignore the fact that that is our most successful. The last 15 years have been the most successful period. So unfortunately, it is very much post-2004. Shall we start with the formation? So the formation is a 4-3-3 with number 10 in the midfield three, just slightly further ahead of, uh, of, the, hold, of the holding two. Okay, so not a, not a Guardiola three. No, no, this isn't a... Straight a Guardiola three. It's the Mourinho four hundred five three. Sproston, come on, the the Thiago Sen Lampard. But no, it's not the flat three. It's the almost little triangle three in the middle. Um, and then again up front, it's not a flat three. It's a little bit of a triangle. You have got your wingers out wide, slightly further back, and your striker front and centre. So, but it's a four three three. Okay, right then. Let's start, shall we? Between the sticks, there can only be one. Can only be one. It's Enrique Alario, of course. <laughs> Chelsea legend, current goalkeeper coach. No, of course, it's, it's Petacek. It's, I mean, it's the easy, it was probably the easiest decision. Incredible. Clean sheet Premier League record before I think it got recently got broken. That Champions League performance, he's the reason we won that game. As much as Drogba scored that header without checks, penalty saves, against Robin an extra time. Yeah, that man, that check represents so much of our success as a club. So yeah, straight away on the team sheet. Was he right to be dropped when he was? Do you think? Um, I think I think I think so. I think that you know he didn't really have. A, he wasn't particularly good at, at Arsenal, and I think that he knew that we wanted to bring in a younger keeper. Yes, Courtois turned into a bit of a twat, but we wanted to bring in a younger keeper. Check had had his success. Check wanted to stay in London, so. I feel you know him moving to Arsenal, but him also being dropped. So it, I think we had our golden years with him. I think that possibly any more might have sullied that slightly. It was it, it almost we dropped him when we were ahead in a way. Uh, and he's a bloody legend, and it's so nice to have him actually back at the club, working in a sort of professional role. Right then, full backs. So we start with the right side. My right back is Ivanovic, even though I prefer Azpilicueta and I'm half inclined to think Azpilicueta is a, is a better player from my personal perspective. But Ivanovic just put in some huge performances and, again, won so much of us. His, get, his game against Napoli in the Champions League, his winning header in the Europa League, you can't ignore that. So, Ivanovic. And then, left back. There's only one. There's only one. There's the same with England. If you're doing an England all-time 11, it's actually bloody cold. So, what a player! What a player! Ah, oh, 
I absolutely adored watching him growing up. What anything I say about Ashley Cole has been said better by so many other people, so I won't delve into it. Ashley Cole is untouchable as a left back. As as a fan, when he arrived, were you worried about the circumstances in which he arrived? Had you made any preconceptions about his character? Not so much. I think I think the overriding thing in reality was just the fact that we'd got him from Arsenal, and there was the element of oh, he's an Arsenal player. I think when you're particularly when you when you're younger, but just in general, if a player comes from a rival club, you are a bit suspicious. You are a bit like, mm, are they, are they going to be as devoted? And had, I mean, I had the same. Even I was older, I had the same with Fabregas. When Fabregas came to us after being, you know, a bit of an Arsenal legend, it was like, is he is he right to be here? But no, I mean, Ash, I had when Ashley Cole started playing, it was. Just incredible, incredible. And it was also good because it meant we got rid of Gallas, who threatened to score own goals if he wasn't sold. <laughs> so, <laughs> which could be my favourite story ever. Just Gallas storming into Mourinho's office and saying that if he doesn't get sold, he's going to score own goals. Let's look at your centre-halves then. I guess one's quite obvious, but interesting to hear who the other one is. So one is John Terry, obviously. Uh, questionable personal life. Probably more than questionable, but on the pitch, he is, yeah, he is the Chelsea legend. He is symbolises so much of our success and was incredible what was absolutely incredible and you know anyone is like Ferdinand was Ferdinand Vidic they were obviously fantastic but I just think that Terry was another another level in terms of leading a squad and last ditch tackles but just and knowing how to marshal a defence John Terry was the complete centre back so no surprises there the next one this yeah this was this was a bit difficult but Again, because of just the success in that era, but also partly because this player was so fucking good, is uh, Ricardo Carvalho at centre-back. So great, so fantastic. Part of the uh, the Portuguese influx after Porto's Champions League win. He was just brilliant. He was so good. And also a bit of a goal-scoring centre-back as well. I always remember his goal against United, I think in 05-06 on the final day. So, I, yeah, I loved Ricardo Carvalho. Brilliant, brilliant defender. Shout-out to Gary Cahill. Even though, you know, he's a very... But shout out to Gary Cahill. He's a six million pound signing and he went on to win the Champions League in his first season and was so consistent this decade. So shout out to Gary Cahill, but Ricardo Carvalho takes that. And I think that's quite a strong back four. It is a very strong back four. A back four that perhaps played together at one point? Yes, indeed. Indeed, they would have. So they'll know each other well. They'll get on very well. Right, yeah. Should we start with your two sitting midfielders then? Yes. So... This get this was this was really tough. This gave me a lot of grief. Oh, it's, it still sort of hurts me to say it, but Ingolo Kante, first of all, is there. We haven't had the most successful last three or four years, obviously in comparison to some clubs we have, but in terms of sort of the o the o five to o ten, it wasn't. We haven't had that level of success. But Ingolo Kante is the best, you know, centre mid in the world. He's a World Cup winner, and he has been unbelievable for us. You'll see a lot of Chelsea fans on Twitter saying that, oh, he was rubbish under Sarri. He wasn't rubbish under Sarri. He was still excellent. He basically still carries our team. So, yeah, N'Golo Kante. And next to him, oh, God, this was this was so difficult. <laughs> because, first of all, you, could, you know, Ray Wilkins deserves a shout-out. Rest in peace, Ray Wilkins. He was a fantastic centre-mid. Rude Gullet, again, he was fantastic. There are players so we've never, we've actually we've never really struggled for good centre mids, which is quite nice. And of course, Claude Bacalele was utterly, utterly brilliant, utterly brilliant. But again, it's Michael Essien who takes the spot. 
I knew it would be. I knew it would be. Michael Essien. It's, it's the bison. The bison. Michael Essien. I fucking adored him growing up. And I think at the end of the day, my, Michael Essien and Makaleli are definitely interchangeable. I'm picking Michael Essien because he just won so much at our club and he was fantastic. I think he was on par with Makaleli. But I don't. I did not make that decision lightly. That was by far the hardest decision. To, to, to admit Claude was very, very tough. But Michael Essien takes it because he was he was just so fantastic, fantastic. But yeah, you can see me on on this video call. My my hands in my head, just oh, I don't want to hurt Claude's feelings. But yeah, those those are my. I think also I, I didn't want to put Makaleli and Kante next to each other because they're quite similar box to box engines. And I thought have a bit of Essien in there as well. I'm sure if Claude is listening, he will understand that Kante <laughs> and Essien have kept him out of this team. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. And I don't think he'd fancy himself this advanced midfield role either. And I think we all know who's going in this one. But I'm going to give, I'm going to let you lead the plaudits on this one. Makaleli, yeah, he's not sitting at the front of this three because he was no goal scorer. It's no surprise that our top goal scorer and my favourite Chelsea player, Big Frank, Frank Lampard, of course. There's no surprises. He's just everything about him. He's, I, I, I just think he's, he's the complete midfielder. And I think, yes, of course I'm biased, but when it comes to Lampard versus Gerrard and that old argument, it's Lampard, hands down. The man scored over 200 goals. He was sort of the, just that creative anchor, like in that midfield where not only does he dictate the middle of the park, but he'd ping a ball to the wing. He'd score a 30-yard screamer. He'd make a late run into the box and score so many goals. He was He's taking penalties. He was just everything that a club wants and dreams of was Frank Lampard. I, I adore the man, adore the man, and I'm so happy that he's our manager. Oh, that's quite cute, actually. <laughs> On to your wingers, then. This, again, wasn't too difficult. The difficulty with this was in relationship to the striker, which we'll get onto. It was, do I have two strikers and fiddle around with the midfield, or do I stick with one striker and have two wingers? And there was a moment where I thought, oh God, if I have one striker and two wingers, am I going to have to have Florent Malouda in this team? And luckily, <laughs> luckily, I realised that Florent Malouda would, it's just, he just, he doesn't deserve to be in this team, even though he won quite a bit. <laughs> so on the right wing is the little Italian Gianfranco Zola. Maybe not necessarily his favoured position, but undoubtedly one where he could do a job. But yeah, Gianfranco Zola is, I think, symbolises a lot of actually us being a well-performing club pre-Abramovich because we were winning a couple of FA Cups. We were doing well in the league. Never forget that 03-04 semi-final in the Champions League with Wayne Bridge scoring a last-minute winner against Arsenal in the quarter-final. That was blew my mind. But I think Zola sort of symbolises that transition, those transition years where actually we were a good club and he was such a big part of that, scoring incredible goals, but just being a beautiful, beautiful playmaker. And I don't think we actually sort of had that type of playmaker player for such a long time after Zola. Not until someone like Juan Mata, really. I think Juan Mata was sort of next next in line, but I don't think Juan Mata comes close to Zola's quality. But yeah, so Zola on the right wing. On the left? On the left. It's, again, surely no surprise, Eden Hazard on the left. Carried the team since arriving in, after the 2012 Champions League. His tweet when he was saying, I'll be going to the Champions League winner, was such a highlight in my 23 years of life. Again, I could talk for ages about him. Other people have done it better. 
He scores some incredible goals. His goal against Arsenal at the bridge is one of my favourite ever. You know, he's been the reason why we've still managed to churn out titles and finish consistently in this decade. He's just he's amazing, amazing. And then, as you say, you pick those two based on the relationship with the striker. And I'm, I'm pretty sure from what you've said so far that I know who it's going to be. But there's so many people to choose from, isn't there? There are so many. And this was this and the, and the SGN Makaleli dilemma was, was the toughest. Because, yes, our club has had the most successful period, sort of 2005 to 10, but, 10. but over the years we've had incredible strikers and top goal scorers. Bobby Tambling, before Lampard took over, was our top scorer. And Bobby Tambling should absolutely get a 100% get a, get a shout out. And Terry Dixon in the in the 80s, even though we weren't a particularly successful club, he was keeping us afloat. I think he was got, got us promoted after getting a golden boot in the second division. So Kerry Dixon, brilliant. Peter Rosgood, Roy Bentley. These old players, you know, Roy Bentley would be a key part of our first Premier League title in the, in the 50s, 1955. So these players, I, I was like, I want to get, I want to put them in. I really want to put them in. But as I said, I think when I was, when I was choosing the defenders, it's so difficult to ignore the fact that actually in our history, our most successful part and our most successful period has been this last 15 years. And who is also the striker that loves being alone? And his best when he's alone is Didier. It's Didier Jogba. He is an absolute, just magnanimous striker who did things that I never thought he could do and won games, just took them by the scruff of his neck, won them by himself. If people can't remember, make sure you go and watch his goal against Tottenham in the FA Cup semi-final where we beat them 5-1, where he gets the ball from Lampard, takes it down, spins him and half volleys it on his weaker foot into the top corner at Wembley. Probably my favourite Chelsea goal, aside from the header in Munich. Didier Drogba, man, he's the biggest game player. His record in finals is terrifying. Terrifying. It's getting me excited just thinking about that team. I mean, your, your team is full of big game players in there, to be fair. Petr Cech, John Terry, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba. That's the spine of such an impressive side. But again, like other strikers you could have picked, you know, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Adegard Jonsson obviously has, has some great like, memories for you. You know, Gianluca Vialli, two great seasons at Chelsea. It, it's it, You could go on, but... You can't pick anyone else but Drogba, can you really, in that position? It can't, yeah, and it can't be. And I think, you know, since Drogba, we've, interestingly, before Drogba, we did have some of those fantastic strikers. Bialy was great. Hasselbank and Johnson as a partnership was really fantastic in the early 2000s. Since Drogba, it's only really been Costa, and I still get so upset with Costa not being at our club because he was fantastic when we beat, when we beat you, actually, 3-1. Diego Costa's goal was, oh, beautiful, beautiful to watch. So I love Costa, but it's there is only one person you can pick. Didier Drogba encapsulates our club. He encapsulates and defines the success of our club and is one of the key reasons we have been so successful. And he's also a fantastic human being. He stopped the war in Africa. Um, you know, he's 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 just perfect. I adore him. And yeah, he's he's responsible for so many incredible memories and incredible Chelsea moments that he he deserves to be, despite maybe the goal-scoring records of those before him or some other key people before him, he absolutely deserves his spot leading the line and leading that all-time squad. Presumably Terry's wearing the armband. Yeah, got to be, got to be John, got to be John. Although I'd like to see a, a team marshalled by, by Zola. 
with these all those big personalities and Gianna Franco, little Gianna Franco Zola just sort of taking them on and, and trying to marshal them and order them around. I've enjoyed to see that, but Terry captain, definitely, of course, captain leader. One thing I'd definitely be interested to hear is who would you pick to manage that team? So, I think that we've had, obviously we've had so many incredible names and I loved Conte. I loved Ancelotti. Avram Grant, shout out Avram Grant for the Champions League campaign in, in 08. And Di Matteo, like Di Matteo should never, ever be forgotten. I mean, he's not going to be, but never, ever forgotten about what he did in his basically a whole one, one calendar year at Chelsea, what he did there. But I, to be honest, I think that in the way that he arrived and the way that he, again, symbolised and encapsulated the ambition and the revolution at our club, it's got to be first era Jose Mourinho as the manager of that team. Not just because first era Mourinho loved the 4-3-3, but when he arrived with his cockiness, his assurance and his ambition just to win. And I think I remember Lampard saying that in like a recent interview with now his manager, saying that before sort of 04, 05, players like Lampard, players like Terry were obviously talented, but they were quite young. They were still developing and they were still unsure as to whether they could be the players. You know, they, they've been in the Champions League, but could they go to a Barcelona and actually stand up against their top, top players? And Lampard, I think, was saying that when Mourinho came in, because Mourinho was so assured of himself, he very much expected that of everyone else. And he very much said, look, I'm the best manager. I'm the best manager in Europe. And you now need to be the best players in Europe. And you are going to be the best players in Europe. And I'm going to make you that. And I think his ambition and what he did in those first few years as the club has to be has to be our best ever manager. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just to look at that team, he's Peter Cech in there, a pack four of Branislav Ivanovic, John Terry, Ricardo Carvalho and Astrid Cole, a midfield three of Nicolo Kante, Marco Lessien and Frank Lampard and a front three of Gianfranco Zola. Eden Hazard and Didier Drogba. I mean, just looking at that team it is an incredible. T- I mean, it's incredible to to think that so many of those players would have played together as well. Yeah, I know. It's just it's a, such a formidable team. But wow, yeah, that is one hell of a team. It's one. I, I was looking at it this morning. I was like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's great to see that down on paper. And that's all from Raf on the Fan Dissection podcast. Another thank you to both him and to you. In the next instalment, I'll be speaking to long-suffering Everton fan Dan Haygarth. I'll see you then. In the meantime, share the pod to Raf now.